I remember a time before the chaos and the ruined dreams of this wasted land. I remember the hitches and the corners, the go routes and the digs, the blitzes and the back pedals. The year is 2030. The UK lies in ruins. Global desolation prevails. The clinically obese, the ruling class. Sport is only practiced on consoles and computers. Cameras on every corner report gatherings of five or more. Compression sleeves, under armor, bicep bands are all contraband. The word swag is only ever heard in muted whispers. And should the Nuola logo be seen, it results in swift and complete retribution to all bearing it. The currency is flags, and shrooms are like platinum. Baffer hit squads enforce government requests with ruthless abandon. They scour the wastelands and empty warehouses in search of anything resembling a football they waste with flamethrowers to all and everything they happen upon. All that remains are the memories. I remember the flag warrior, the man we called Marcus. In the crash of a Baffarazov website, he lost everything and became a shell of a man, a burnt out and desolate man, a man without insurance, a man haunted by the demons of his past, a man who wandered out into the wasteland with just a microphone. And it was here, in this blighted place, that he learned to live again. Welcome to your post-apocalyptic First and Fifteen podcast. So we are now hunkered down in Pod's basement. The world has ended, flag football is no more. <laughs> Unless you go to Northampton where it was... It was trying to drag it out, but even they've succumbed to this wonderful virus that we call Baffa. Um, I'm going to steal this idea from Andrew. He's done a great job with the podcast so far. He's bringing a lot of random people in and he's getting a lot of good questions. So we can't do preview episodes for, for the Baffa season or OFL because we don't have seasons anymore. So I'm joined, as always, by Steve Podmore. James is currently injured, and we've had to drag in an outside. We've had to drag in an outside recruit. He's crossed <laughs> state lines to get here, all the way from Lincoln. We've got Connor back. Back again. Did you say that James didn't injure himself playing football? He just want to make sure he doesn't get himself a fine or anything. As far as, far as I know, it, it was a non-football-related yes, injury. Don't want the poor guy getting hundred quid fine or whatever it is. <laughs> I, no, I think Baffer's already knocking on his door, going, are you sure this was Baffer? <laughs> there are Baffer officials in your area right now. Uh, the TV licensing has been su- subpoenaed for it. He's probably right, running around supermarkets, picking up toilet rolls and throwing them across down the aisle. <laughs> Look at me, I have no care in the world. So we're going to go with Andrew's idea of, of questions and see what answers we get off our guests today. The first one, and we're going to have this one as a bit of a debate... We've, we've already decided who's going to take which one. It's OFL finals versus BAFA finals. So the question is, if OFL finals and BAFA finals were on the same day and you somehow get to both of them, which one would you actually attend? So, Pudge, you've been selected as the BAFA representative. So and it's Connor, in a fancy world for me to be the team that makes both finals <laughs> clear. But... Yeah. Me, I, I'm, I'm going for Baffer because of the, the 
the prestige of it, you know, at the end of the day, it's still the Premier League. It is still the league that everybody, you know, kind of defers to as being the main one to play in. It's the most structured. It's the longest standing. Um, it's got the ultimately the highest level of players, and much as other people go and play in OFL, there's still the best teams at the top end. And, and again, the way it's structured now, if you were in the finals, you'd, you'd be a button hooker type level of player, which would mean you are in that level of being a, a an international player as well. You'd be a serious athlete in general, and you'd be a, a very strong um, team as a setup, so you'd want that because of the prestige and because of the, the level of play that it actually will be at. So Connor, you've got OFL. Remembering that we are the the official podcast of the OFL. What's well, your what's your opening argument? That's not fair. <laughs> well, outlaws more fun, and you get a nicer trophy. That's literally it. Outlaws more fun. And you get a nice trophy if Jordan can spell your name right. Wow. So basically, OFL's for the swag boys. Is that what you're saying? If you've got swag and you like wearing compression sleeves and, and everything else, and a you go to that because yeah. you've got a nicer trophy. Nicer trophy. I don't know. Just, yeah. Games are more fun. Do more stuff. Commissioners on site to give it to you with a firm handshake. I'm sure they do that for Baffa, but you don't the get commissioners nice on hand to give it to you. With a firm oh, handshake. Oh, I've changed my mind. I don't know if that's like a changing ring thing, if he gives it to you with a yeah. nice handshake. But I'm not... <laughs> hey, you know, I'm all in for that. I didn't realise that was on offer. Yeah, it's just it's just more fun. I just I enjoy the outlaw flag games more, so I'd probably want to do that because it's just more fun. Um, I don't disagree with you with the fun. I, there's no doubt about it. It's, it's, it's a different... It's more what the game started at for most of us. <laughs> Those of us who are like 70 years old. Um, but it was, it was fun, it was chucking around, and you're right, OFL does capture that much more clearly. I think another bonus that OFL has is the fact that you don't have to worry about organising anything. You, you, you're given your dates, you turn up to the, the pitch that's already been laid out, the field that has been booked, and you just have to turn up and play. That's actually a really good point. Yeah. When you have your baffle, and yes, I, I understand it is, you know, you've won a national championship if you, if you win a baffle one, which is brilliant i mean i've got seven of those compared to ben's one but youth youth came when there was three teams doesn't always necessarily make it that good you know it still counts I, i'm not saying it doesn't count as a number there but let's let's be honest you, you win the buffer now you get to a final you're playing it really is an elite level of players you know you really are looking at top athletes top teams top coaching that's what buffer was has evolved to, hasn't it? I think Baffo is more of like a, if you look at the squad level, you're going into like big bowl teams. Yeah, yeah. OFL, as, as you've seen before, when, when Nuola put out their scratch teams, it's a lot more, we're just going there to play. So I, I think it's all down to a case of when it comes to personal preference, do you want the, the glory or do you want the fun of the game? And I think that's where the split will be. See, yeah, I suppose you're right glory stroke prestige versus fun stroke swag it's it's almost that kind of thing and uh connor i've seen it you 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 run around and you love it because you've got with your athleticism and, and uh you, you use but then let's be honest you've got that and so some of the rules make it, it it's good for someone like you isn't it and a lot of people like that they run around they can do different things as more exactly that there's more fun things to do. yeah it's just more yeah higher tempo a bit more fun 
against um, it, but you still want to. You'd still happily say in 20 years' time, I want a national championship, and it means it does mean something. Well, but yeah, I, I said I won like seven national champions a minute ago, and you yeah, said yeah, but it doesn't the real count. one, you know, like, <laughs> and I'm not decrying what you've done, I'm not, I mean, you know, but it's the same point. Is you still win a national championship, and you're right, and you, you quite you proved the point a little bit because you you never shut up about it, do you? In in a good way as well. I'm really not being nasty to you about it. I've got a national championship where I with with uh, kitted as well, and and I still much as I didn't play much, you know, I'm an old guy, but. I still, it does mean something to me and it really does count. And I've, you know, everything I did to get that, to support the team, for me, count. And I think you're right, you win a BAFA national championship, especially in this day and age, it's, it's a big thing. I think this is one that's, that we'll, we'll... very much black and white, isn't it? It's just glory yeah. or swag. It's just... Yeah, it is just true. That's the issue, yeah. I, I think this is one that I... <laughs> I'm hoping that I'm going to put this on as, as a Facebook poll when we when we share Prestige this one. Prestige or fun, I think. Is yeah, I think it's, it's it's going to be that one. Do you go for the for the the glory or the or the gear? Speaking of awards, I'm still waiting on my uh, Cecil Martin Man of the Year award from what 2015, 2016, when I won the Man of the Year for Outlaw. I was supposed to get a signed picture of Cecil Martin, never got it. See what I say? I'm he still, he, I'm, he I'm has fun when he plays. I'm still <laughs> I'm still convinced that it's somewhere in Pat's basement. Somewhere. There's a lot of features. <laughs> you probably don't want to go in there without an armed SWAT team, to be fair. And a lawyer. <laughs> yeah, well, Marcus can provide one of those. So, so that's that one pretty much. Carrying on with the OFL side of things, there's the three rules that OFL have brought in. Okay, they've brought in a few other ones, but we're going to ignore the, the fist down one because I think that... That was very yeah, much yeah. in and out very quicker than my love life. I think that's gone. I think <laughs> an issue with that one is it, it it was the definition of it that lost a few people. Yeah. Because people were nominating fist down on every single drive, and then went, well, we didn't use it, so we keep it. So, Pod, you're going to go for which role have you chosen? Um, mine was the uh, I like the blitz. Um, it's just the strategic side of it more than anything else. Uh, I mean, they've all got some strategy to them, but the bullet blitz is, is one of those things that you, you you can keep it quite well up your sleeve, um, but the threat of it is often there, especially with, you know, when you've got somebody on third and fourth and goal and things like that, and you can play somebody very close to the line and still play your blitzer and make that decision on the fly. And, and obviously it's all always about making sure you, you get some bang for your buck by doing it. But I, I quite like it. I think it's a really good innovation and it's you see teams using it really well. And it's just, I just enjoy that. And again, the fun side that Connor said earlier, it's just another part of that fun. It, it, is, it is enjoyable and it's great getting a sack from my angle because I ain't getting one <laughs> from a blitz position at my speed. So, but no, I, I really like that one. I think it's very good. I, th- I think some of the, the teams now are starting to use it a bit better because before, a lot of the time when you'd see a bullet blitz being used, the blitzer was staring down the QB from a yard away in a full <laughs> sprint position, almost drooling at the mouth. And you think, they're going to bullet blitz. You tell one of your receivers, dump off, and that's it, you're done. But now I've seen a lot of teams sort of lining up to... Like almost like a fake bullet blitz. To disguise it. Yeah, they're yeah, actually right. they're actually thinking about it now. I think because it's been brought in and kept, that's where they've uh, okay, we can use this properly. Yeah, it's, it's how we use it. And and the other thing with the quarterback run as well, there's an element of if you can 
bluff it and, and get their quarterback run used as well. And you know yourself, if you see the bullet blitz come and you're struggling a bit, you're you're going to set off. So it gives the Connors, you and this world who've got a bit of savvy with what they're doing. But once you've used that, the bullet blitz becomes even more powerful, doesn't it? I was thinking him up, isn't it? Connors giving oh, that's a, yeah, like, I what? I mean, yeah, the look I just but gave. But you, you, you're saying, so, you, Connor, it's a great thing. If you see a bullet blitz and you've still got the run, you're, you're gone. You're off because you know that the... The blitzer at seven's not coming. You've got the guy across the line. You've, you've got it, and you're going to roll away from that. And if you need to, you're going to head off straight away, or you're going to take a quick pass with your speed. So. That's but pretty much if, spot on, really. Yeah, if the quarterback runs gone, blitz. it makes a difference with bullet blitz. It does. So. But yeah, I, I think that's twice that so far that Pod's complimented me in a way, and I'm. I'm trying to work out if the virus has kicked world. in. So, far, so, he's, so he's called you an athlete, and he's said that your awards are respectable. Any, am I missing any other, sir? Oh, no, he called me a, a, he called me Savvy. Savvy as well, yeah, yeah. an athlete and Savvy as well, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's the new world. There's a be kind, hashtag be kind, and there's a be excellent to each other. Uh, Bill and Ted going around now, isn't it? Oh, I, th- I think that virus has kicked in now. <laughs> yeah. yeah. The, the fever's getting to him. The fever's definitely there, so... Connor, you've gone for the, the QB run. I'm a QB, and I like to run. There's no, there's, that's it. That's, that's literally <laughs> it. So to the point, isn't it? That's <laughs> literally it for me. Yeah, it's fun bad. because it's, if you hit three flies on a trip's right side and all the defense back off, you know, there's so much space and just, you know, it's a treat. It's a treat to go for a QB it, run. It is nice. Like I, I mean, as a QB myself, it's one of those ones that you don't, if I cross the line, I've normally got Luke on the sideline screaming yeah, at me yeah. for one, but, but this time, okay, he still screams at me when I use it, but. It's, it's one of those ones that you, you don't get to move forward very often as a QB and you're very limited. And then, like you said, if you see the whole field just open up in front of you and then you just think, well, just I, it, I, yeah. I can make that first down. It's only five yards away. Yeah, and you say about how the bullet blitz has, as time's gone on, evolved to try and disguise, you know, not become as obvious as it is. Nowadays, you start to see some plays which you feel like are used with the QB run as a first route. If you're on the six-yard line and you've still got the run eligible, a simple outs or something that really opens up a simple gap in the middle of the field and you just run, that's an easy six-yard job. That's a touchdown. Uh, yeah, like a quarterback draw, basically. Essentially, yeah. 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 yeah and and, we, and I, I saw one or two of those, and I even admit myself to doing it last year, and it's the evolution of keeping that in that's really made people think, okay, how can we play this to our advantage? Because at first it was kind of, okay, this is here. How, let's just use it whenever we've got to. But now people are thinking, all right, if we're, say, six, seven yards off from the end zone, how do we use that run to score? And so, much like the Blitz, it's evolving, and it's just fun. <laughs> and no, you're right. It's good, isn't it? Because you're right. At the beginning, it was always about it's fourth down, and you know that you, you're basically, instead of having to play Wildcat, you, you, your quarterback's going to take off and run. But now, you're right. A lot of teams use it as something that they've got there. Okay, once you've used it once, you can't use it again in the half, but... The threat of it all the time, and again, the better quarterbacks who understand it, like you say, quarterback draw for you, and you can be using it on second down and half or whatever it be. Someone like you, like you say, you send them on flies, and you've got a chance of scoring them. Yeah, we, if people clear out. We have plays even in the Panthers playbook that I'm not going to give away too much, but it's we have plays that have that. Flies, isn't it? Yeah, but we have, we have those things where we say, okay, if this doesn't work, and this doesn't work. We always have the option to just open up and yeah. run it downfield. It's now coming into our playbook, and that's something you don't get. I think it was more else. of a play that you used when things didn't work. 
that's what it used to be. When you were, oh yeah, that's yeah. what it used to be. Yeah, yeah. now yeah. now people yeah. go, we can make it work. Yeah, yeah. we'll make something of it. Yeah. So the last rule we've got is the throw-offs. Um, not being an athlete, even though Pod thinks I am, I, I do enjoy the throw-offs. Not only because it's a new thing where you can gain yards instead of just starting your own five-yard line. As a QB, it means you get out the, the five-yard line. Well, hopefully, you get out the five-yard line straight away. But for the Raccoons, and I don't know if any other teams do this, seeing all your teammates lined up somewhere down the sideline, guessing where you're going to get to. It's one of my favourite. It's an absolutely brilliant game to play. We we get all the sideline involved, don't we, usually? We get the other team involved if they're anywhere. Yeah, we've had referees stood on our sideline, refereeing our game, going, yeah, I think he'll get to about here, and standing (laughs) like, okay, sometimes you get the ones where they stand in the end zone, going, like, you're going to drop it and end up back here. Which kind of puts the point the previous question, doesn't it, about fun versus uh, prestige? Well, we're the difference it is fun, isn't it? One. The difference between this one is that this one has had a rule change between from the first year to its second year. Before, it used to be that you could just hit the ball hard into the end zone, touch back, and then it was a, just around the five-yard line. That changed last year? Yeah. Yes, I think so. The stole it, basically, in essence, didn't they? Yeah, well, they had an interesting kickoff, didn't they? Yeah, you can't move till the ball was caught. Um, I don't know what their touchback rules are. If it, if it, are it, basically, that. if it touches back, it's something like 40. So, again, you're penalised heavily for kicking it through the end zone, which it's not as dramatic in our ability, but you get a penalty for... So, are you saying that Jordan, Jordan might have been part of the XFL's rulemaking... <laughs> In a way that maybe you should be getting some royalties off of Vince McMahon. It's only one I'm letter sure, difference. I'm sure you <laughs> OFL, XFL, it's one letter difference. Yeah, I'm sure they... you could write that letter for him. I'm sure he'd appreciate it. I, mean, I think the throw-offs are a great thing. It's almost whether you'd want to add them into every single drive. So if you score, you then have to throw off again to, to basically do like a normal kickoff as in normal football. Or do you just keep it for the, the, the first half? Try and find a loose sprinter. Yeah. Could end up with 76, 75 games because all they do is run it back. Yeah, although as a quarterback, you know, you'd love to see big offensive games like that. I think there is a point where it gets to. I think having you know one side receive, then the other side receive on the second half. I think that's enough for it because then it's that one-off chance where you might even score in that opening drive, sets tone. If you if you have it after every single one, that's just taking the nick a bit, isn't it? I mean, like I said, that's the record. It's not what flag is, that's the point. It's not flag football, so it's a nice rule to have in yeah. once a half, but, but to bring it in as yeah, even closer to, to NFL, which this isn't, we're never going to say it is a proper American football game. You know, Then you'd have to start talking about, well, do we do we lengthen the field in NFL? Because everyone can throw the length of pitch anyway, and if they're going to be running it back. <laughs> yeah. No, it's nice what it is, but I don't think... I think, yeah, I think the change... What is it? Do you think the change to throw-offs that we had last year, so that if it is a touchback, well, if it bounces into the end zone, it goes to five yards if the receiver, if the runner decides to. But if it goes out the back of the end zone, it is a penalty. Do you think that's a good idea or not? Because you see quite a few teams just letting it, say, bounce at the floor and take the 40 sometimes, or take the whatever it'll be, 15, yeah, 20 no, yards. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree, because you think how that... we used to be. We, we, Luke was very good at being able to skid it through to the end zone, um, I think I think he had a slight height advantage. Well, was, yeah, he, he was throwing it full height. Like he's skimming it, doesn't he? It, it went right? across the ground, but that's what you're saying. It, yeah, it would yeah. hit the. It would hit. I think yeah. it used to be. It hit like the three or four kind of area, wouldn't it? And it yeah, it had to hit the in. Yeah. It had to hit the ground in the pitch, 
and then once it, if it went out, then it was fine. And I think that's what in the first year, yeah, in, it, it was in our first game where we just went, we're just going to drill it at the ground. You've seen our team. Anyone running at us is likely to score. So um, there is an element of we did it for self-preservation. But I do like it because it, it does create that. You've got to, you, you want someone who can throw the ball quite high, which again, Luke can do. And he does that now um, to give your chasing team a chance to, to, to narrow it down. And I know I like it. I think it's a bit more strategy than it was before. Okay. So do you think the new one's good? Do you think there's anything that you could change to it to make it better? Or do you think it's just, if if it's not broke, don't fix it? I I would say it's, it's working all right this season. People found the loophole in the first year and Jordan went, we'll change it and sort of block that one off. It's going to be difficult to manage it too much saying it like it has to stay in bounds. (laughs) Otherwise, or if you, or if you're increasing the penalty, if it takes that awkward bounce, as yeah, a receiver, that, you can just again, leave it. The skill of being able to throw it, isn't it? That, that's, and that, that's again, it's a good thing. It's a skill to be able to throw that ball high, nice and high. And you, you, you probably do it quite a few times, can't you? But you'd be able to throw it high so that it isn't bouncing out through the end zone. It's still part of the skill of the thing. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, that's a pretty yeah, well. Yeah. I, 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 I think again, it's... there's some really good rules, and it's nice that they try and bring other things in, isn't it? We've talked about the <laughs> famous high five and. You know, they've, they've took it out now, we believe, haven't they? And they'll find something else. I'd love to see a way of punting, but I don't know how you do it. I don't even begin to. I think if you were to go down the punt route, I, I'm sure I've talked to Connor about this a few times <laughs> well, in the past. Well, we're kicking a lot. I'm still waiting for Jordan to well, make no, those I, field I, goals. Again, I'd say, yeah, some sort of throw. But you can't, you can't. The pitch isn't right for it. But I'd love to be that, make a decision. Do you punt it away on fourth down? Or do you go for it? But if you turn it over, you turn it over where you where you stopped, that kind of thing, but it's got to be adapted. Go, going that. back a few generations of flag football, when you got the nine-man yeah. semi-contact, if you went to the, the bigger pitch idea, so almost like a full 100-yard pitch, yeah, and then did throw-offs. So still, you do first down, would be 10 yards. Not, I'm not saying four downs to get like 50 yards, but 100-yard pitch, four downs to get you 10 yards and then if you don't think you're going to make the fourth down or you want to punt it away you just have to throw it that sort of thing yeah, yeah it, it would be yeah an interesting one to try i think that'd be like a let's get together and have a, a friendly have, game you'd have to lengthen the pitch a bit as well but, but there would be a, a risk and reward then you know it's fourth and half from the, from five yards deep in your own half and you've got to make a decision do you go for it and turn it over and give the other team first and goal or do you throw it away but then would you want to see five from a defensive point of view five people trying to cover the the full pitch of 100 yards oh no you'd have to to go you'd probably be looking at 20 yards yards more 10 yards each end zone or something we've played a 100 yard pitch before we've done it we did it by mistake didn't we a few weeks ago good old time and shape with the amazing measurements so yeah we've done that a few times with our ones we've we've already trialled it for Jordan so I think that you know the last question on the last question on this throw off section do you for your kicking team in a way the two chasers do you go for speed or ability to tackle (laughs) ability to tackle because that's that's your safety net yeah, yeah, if you've you got, you got both on you. So. Yeah, so you want, you know, would you want a safety to be fast or good at tackling? Would you want a safety in, say, an NFL team? Would you want your safety to be fast but couldn't tackle to save his life? Or he can tackle, but... You just can't get there. But, it, well, well, he can tackle, but he... Because the safety uh, generally in full football is more about positioning and 
speed and being there than his ability to tackle. They're not expecting him to do much more than be in the right place, make the reads and hold people up. That's the whole point. You're not there to make that tackle. But if we go to an NFL example, look at a guy yeah. like Derek, Derek Henry and he had that big touchdown yeah. where the safeties were just, they got to him, but it's yeah. Derek Henry. If, you know, what good, what good, is, what good, what good is being there quick if you can't get him? What good is being there quick if you can't get the tag? So this way, look at it yeah. from, from the OFL throw-offs where you've got, you could have people who could probably almost beat the ball there, but they may miss the tackle and leave the, your quarterback as the only defender. Mm-hmm. Or do you go for the option of getting people who may not make it all the way down to the end zone and you may have to lose like five, 10 yards, but they're not going to miss that tackle. Well, the tackle one sounds like a safer bet, and the speed one is a risk. If they if they get down there and they get the tackle, brilliant. They're on the I don't know they're on the ten yard line, on you know wherever that is. Whereas if you know you go for the slower guys who are going to make the tackle every time, okay, the ball might be on fifteen, but it's not. But the it's only going to get to yeah, fifteen. That, that's fifteen. I think that's I'm one of those. Way. I mean, you know, when we do it, certainly, I, I'm. It's about speed. You need people who are going to be able to tackle, but we've all seen it. Like you can miss tackles. Even if you're absolutely in right place, no matter how good you are, it happens. So me personally, I want that relative speed that closes down the options. I've seen people running back all the time. You know, you see, we found quite a few last year, didn't we, where people run back? And was it Marcus? Just, it wasn't Marcus, but he's <laughs> I, done I, it. He I has have, done it. He has done it. Haven't you? I think in the OFL the first year, I got the furthest out of all the raccoons. You did. You did. You did really well. But, uh, I nearly made it to the halfway line. <laughs> he got past the party. Yeah. That could be another point you could throw up then, I guess. You know, see what people, with, if it's speed or tackling ability, yeah. a little question. I, I think we've else. got like I mean, the easy three different votes which, going on. What you moment. normally do is go, it's well, a bit of both. That's, 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 that's quite a legit yeah, thought there. Yeah, 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 <laughs> if you were setting up a team, would you go for that speed or would you go for that safety net off no Because the bonus you got with speed is that if they do miss that first tackle, they can go back. They can make it back and. Chase down. I mean, chase. But the slow, again, it's one of those ones. As a runner, you're sort of going. You can see the defender coming back towards you. You you have to think. Do you cut back and it slows them down in a way. Yeah, but that, we, that was where my point is more. If you've got people closing you down as a runner, you've got more less time to start to see. I can see the gap open. That cutback sounds that, a lot like technique to me. Yeah, probably is. Well, uh, the cutback from the offensive point of view is, you have to think about it and go. Am I going to cut back because I've got a faster guy on me, or do you just go? I'm just going to keep running forwards, mm. and it, the decision making will slow some people down. Okay, and the, well, defensively, you're thinking, do you cut back to try and not go headfirst into a guy and try and get the tackle? That's losing yards. That sounds a lot it, more it, like yeah, technical speed true. to me. It, it's a lot like yeah. the, the blitzing side. When you when you have your your every single down blitzer, where they, you'll get some people who will absolutely fly through a line. Mm-hmm. But then miss the tackle because they've just shot past everything. Yeah, I know we're going on our team using that quite yeah. I think I every, I, the name out, but I know who. I, I think there's been a lot of teams that have always had that. As, as you see a blitzer, and I think Neil Henderson is probably one of the best ones, where he will stand there and watch you come towards him as a blitzer, he and he's got. Smiles at you. He does. He has that grin on his face. Shit-eating grin, and it's oh. And <laughs> you sit there going, "Why are you smiling?" And all of a sudden, he's just moved his hips a little bit. And as a blitz, the blitz has just flown by and gone like 10 yards further on. And he's just stood there with like another like seven seconds to go and he's, he's fine. Yeah, well, he, 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 snaps, he snaps the ball from 10 yards out. Yeah, he's but, but I think when I think about in terms of blitz, the best blitz I've probably had coached when I was part of the Panthers Academy team 
wasn't our speediest guy, it was our tallest guy, our biggest guy, because it's the disruptor. It disrupts those that passing lane that you have in the middle that's usually opened up by the blitzer. But I would say that would go well, it's definitely not speed. It's more technique to just put your hands up. But... It's really it's really valid because that's one of the problems we've found at the beginning of this season with Marcus retiring. Mark, uh, Luke's stepped up and Luke as everyone knows is about five foot six, five foot five, something, maybe five eight. With his heels on. With his heels <laughs> on. And and he's having that trouble of creating a passing lane through just obviously normal blitzes, he's a little bit shorter than most quarterbacks in that respect. But yeah, you're right, a taller quarterback a taller blitzer, you you can see Luke's having those problems now and he's he's a good student again he knows what he's doing and he's having trouble and he's throwing around the side of people and down the side and it puts you off it puts off that as a quarterback i'm sure it oh it does it, it makes you think yeah i mean i think it was the phantoms or the huntsman i can't remember from last season that their blitzer was like six foot three and then he put his arms up and he just like shadows you over everything you're sitting there going, I don't know, you've got to then pick which side to roll out and think about the play. You can't just yeah, survey just the whole field. Run flats and slants and then just hope that you can try and get a guy to. You, yeah, you need somebody on the out route. Because let's face it, most of these times it's a couple of two that you run against. Yeah. So the space and that passing lane is essentially just down the middle. And I remember back when Tom Whale was a quarterback, he came to me once where we had a big six or three blitzer against us and he just went, I don't honestly don't know what to do. And he's never had that problem with the fastest guys because you just get the ball out quicker and maybe over the head of him. Yeah. So it's that's another thought. In blitz, does it come to speed or height? That's another thought as well. It, it, it's more like you just got to change your tactics, haven't you? And it's harder. And I'm sure when you've got that happening, you're going to be running stuff that gives you moving off your spot because of the, the size, and that's what we're looking to do. But also, if it's a speedy guy, you're going to be starting to have somebody running a quick hitch, a quick, you know, so for you, you've got the outlet because you know the guy's going to be on you in two two seconds. Whereas when it's a taller guy, you, you've got to have well, people yeah, running yeah. probably outs and stuff. So there's got that throw away from wherever the guy's, um, you know, taking your passing lane away. But yeah, it's... Like we've gone from throw-offs straight up to blitzing. Yeah. But kind of still got on the same topic of, is it pace or is it something else? Yeah. I mean, it's one of those ones that... It's a bit of everything. Yeah. Which is kind of what yeah, we always If you can find the guy that's very fast and very tall, but also doesn't overshoot on blitzes. I mean, the only one I can think of, and I can't remember his name, he used to be the blitzer for the North Hands Titans. Right. Um, I think he wore number one. And he was one of the first blitzers I ever saw in a three-point stance. Oh, was this... Did he used to play uh, you for, like, junior? No, no, I know the one you're on about. It's not him. He played senior... Um, when the when the Titans were actually in Division One with us, and he would he would be in a full like three point sprint stance, and the first time I saw it, I thought that's not really going to work, and then the ball snapped to me, and he's almost taking the snap from me. He was so quick, and then you try and move, and he would still be on you. You couldn't. It wasn't like a you know you shake the hips and he's gone. He would be still with you. It, it was the, one of the worst. Is that your um, famous twelve sack game? I think Four it was. Picks. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Dude, I'll be able to work my own line on that one. <laughs> yeah. I was trying to get my centre to move to one side, but he couldn't move in time. He needs to get his tight end into chip. <laughs> so we'll move on to the next question, and this one I have stolen completely off Andrew, not only with the whole format, but this question as well. Looking back at your flag career, and I pod, you've got a little bit longer to look back at. We'll go with Connor first. If you could replay one flag game for any reason, which one would it be? See, we spoke about this, and we said, well, in terms of game that I'd want to replay for how good it was, I'd probably say the first Coventry derby back in 2015, 
which the Panthers won, I was on like 37-32 against the Coventry Cougars. And that was a very tight back and forth, you know, touchdowns both sides. That was probably a great game to be, especially for our first official Baffer season, I think it was. And I was at a point where we weren't winning many games. And then we just somehow pulled it all out in that one game. I don't know, that just felt like a pretty satisfying win. One game that I like to replay in terms of playing again, probably against Cardiff Hurricanes in Wales, where I threw four pick sixes. I'm sure if a lot of Cardiff Hurricanes <laughs> are... not that game come up quite a few times, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah that, that, that might have. That might have. I think there. James... Podcast. Because, yeah, well, James <laughs> yeah. has mentioned how it was his first time ever watching me play. And he was like, oh, yeah, yeah, apparently Connor's been quite good at training. Then I literally just gave him the ball on a platter. So I think I'd like to change that one. Uh, I'm sure a lot of Cardiff Hurricanes guys are like, oh, yeah, I remember that. Their defence at that point was so good, yeah. it made Pat change our defence to emulate it. And we still have that defence today. That was how good... What's well, he got Joe to play for? <laughs> <laughs> but that was how good that defence was. I think that was the season where they didn't win at all, I think. I yeah. mean, yeah, it was like, like Pod said, like Pod said, you know, it was mentioned. It, it was in the, the BAFA preview episode, which we recorded... Obviously, we can't release because we don't know what's going on with the season. Who mentioned it then? Hold on, who? Was it James? It was James. He did mention it. <laughs> For a long time as well. We got a lot of, oh a lot of minutes off that, didn't we? So it's it's really it? positive, actually, in, in the end. It, it was very yeah, yeah, positive. Yeah, you were saying that it was your first game for them. and Watch it, Yeah, I was out for a while before. For, you know, like I, I think the, the, the comment that he said he'd made from the sideline was, Connor, we're the team in black. <laughs> yes. So yeah, he said that, and at one point um, they had a new QB in, and they were calling a new QB, and then James went over and went, "Yeah, have you got one for us as well?" And I was just like, "Oh, oh I got absolutely savage." Like, but you know, we laughed about it, we had fun with it. You know, it was it was one of those where, if, I mean, if you're not laughing, I was walking home from Wales, so it was. Yeah, that was that was a fun one, but yeah, thanks James for. If, if you want, I'll try, I'll try and cut out the bit of audio just for you and you can replay it back for yourself. Oh, well, the one of James, yeah, I, I do want to hear that now. <laughs> so, Pod, you've had a bit of time to think and replay your 75-year yeah, career. A long time. Yeah. One yeah. game replay and why? There's plenty of them like that. I think the one I'd love to to see, um, knowing knowing what happened, whether we could do it again, and we went to finals. Oh, back in 2015, 16, something like that. We were up in Scotland to play them. Uh, and it was one of those years where it was just fell right for us. We managed to, you know, we, we've never been an elite team, but we were good. We had some really good players like Pete Coppernall, Shad, um, people like that playing for us at that point. And some of these guys are, you know, still in the game now and beasting it. And um, we... <laughs> We, it felt like we were maybe destined to do something more in the first game, the first play of the first game. The quarterback had stepped up because we injured and stuff, threw a pick six um, against Showboats, as it was in those days. And then we went on and, and won the game. And then eventually we ended up playing London Rebels, who I think probably won it that year. They certainly went to, to the final. And uh, we, we always lost to them anyway. But this game, by the half, we were tied. We matched them two or three scores or two scores to two. And um, Shad, Shad, I remember as well, we got the ball, got Shad the ball, and uh, he threw, and he overthrew me wide open in the end zone. Now, I probably would have dropped it, but I'd love to have that game replayed as it was. Shad to know that happened and, and actually hit me, and hopefully I'd catch it. And we would have we would have been ahead. We would have pulled ahead. That would have been half-time. Um, and who knows, uh, the, second, the second half of that game might have, might have turned out. It would have been quite nice. And so there was that bit of feeling like, 
we maybe were on a bit of a roll with a bit of destiny in the year. We thought if we could have turned that one around, we could have gone on and done something more. So I'd, I'd love to have, have that one again. What team it was fun. That was Cobb Jets, and that was that was the season we had the first female quarterback. Uh, first, sorry, first female throw pass in the finals, which is Jenny Cooper threw a, a two-yard hitch to me. <laughs> 2015, 2016. About 2015. Senior flag. Or yeah, Cobb Jets. Senior. Senior flag. Oh, 2014. 2015. It was before the boom of what we are now, but still the the stalwarts, the sharks, and the showboats were going strong at that point. Yeah, showboats. Rebels were all those. Yeah. Amazing team, and they always have been, and they they were particularly good then. And again, we were up there with the Hornets and and the Scottish teams. And I remember the semi-final, the playoff final. Whatever. I think it was Alan Young's horn, he just killed us. He just hit a five yard out, and if that got covered, he'd hit a ten yard in. And he just spent the whole whole after and we just couldn't stop. You know, we knew he was doing it, we couldn't stop it. Um so that was that was horrendous. But yeah, the, the Rebels won because of the rivalry and the fact we just could never quite get over that hump of, of beating them. And we've talked about it in many podcasts about you you evolve as a team from being not very good to a bit better to not being able to win the tough games. To be able to win the games and, and finally go somewhere else, and yeah, that was the end of the last couple of years in the Jets because a couple of years before we'd done finals and had all the kitted players in the stadium. It was pathetic in a way, wasn't it? You, I think you were around then. You, yeah, you, I've, uh, I've seen those ones. Was, yeah, that was weird. But this this was one we got there on our own merits, our own team. It was all our players. We got Jenny and Nat and people like that in there as well. And we we got some great players. Um, yeah, so that was fun. I mean, that would be a completely another, uh, another debate of kitty players going into flag and... For one game. What's wrong with kitty players going into flag? Nothing. When they come for one game in the finals and uh, get destroyed <laughs> by the Kolkadi balls, then... Oh, I said that wrong, but kill, get get destroyed, really. And the quarterback, back to your thing, that, that game. And I know we've diverted. He, he's never... You know, he was a Canadian quarterback, brilliant, lovely bloke, everything in England. He just got... They got his number that day and he couldn't... He couldn't have on with a banjo. He threw, he threw a couple of picks and Kilkadi were out of sight before we finally got our act together and all these kitted guys had come along and it probably disrupted us and that Andrew would tell you better because I think I think I was quarterback. back at quarterback and last year because obviously the we had Eagles in the in the third fourth playoff destroyed them when we went back to our normal team. We that was Neil to... Neil Balthazar. Yes, yeah. Yeah, I, I was back I was back at QB for that one and it was it was a difficult one and then he came over like near the end of the game and went. I should, I should I should have taken myself off for that one. I was like, it's one of those ones that you know, hindsight is always that, that great one. It was just one of them days, not that one. But Kapani destroyed us, and from the very first play, somebody went rumbling from like a five yard out, didn't they? Right, right down the left sideline. I remember it well. And, and my sole contribution, having played all year and being like when there's four players and things like that, and helped us get there, was to give my boots to. Um, a player from the kitty who hadn't got his boots who decided he wanted to play because he wanted to try and help us win and hadn't even turned up to play. Oh yeah, we all know who that player one is. Yes, but we did the beat Leicester and then... Oh, this feels like a history lesson now. Mine are from like <laughs> yeah. maybe three years max. You, you're bringing out the old textbooks now. Wow. See, I, 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 would, I would go back and... I think. I think I may go back around about the same time for, for one of mine. It's a national championship that he won. One of the seven. I bet anyone. One of the we're, seven. No, we're going to hear this. it was one of the national championships that I lost. Oh, oh. one seven others. Yeah. Okay. Just, just sort of get. So it, this was in the the youth yeah. age group. I don't, I don't know if I've mentioned that one seven. Won seven national championships no, as a child. Never mentioned it as a child. Uh, I, no, I've won three senior ones as well. 
That, that, child. That I, I think child. I was still a child at the time, but I've, I've won three of them. That was when there was only one team literally in it. But the the one I, I, I'm looking back on now for the youth one is we played against the London O's, and we'd wow. beaten them all season. And the Olympians? Yes. Oh, right. I didn't even know. And... A lot of their youth team, youth kitted team, were registered because that's when it was. If you were youth kitted, you were also youth flag, so you were registered for both. And they had Joe Smith as quarterback, I think it was. Who was the? At that point, he was the GB. Yeah, youth, that, yeah. <laughs> And then yeah. Marvin Allen. Yeah. Was on their kitted team. Him, yeah. Well, they hadn't turned up for any of the the flag games at all. Then when it came to the finals. This is where we've got youth. Uh, oh, you're the way around then for you. They, they turned up in the finals, and it was basically Joe Smith was the the youth quarterback for this at this point for Great Britain. Marvin Allen was the backup quarterback. He was also the starting wide receiver, kick returner. He was doing everything oh, at this point. He went to Frankfurt Galaxy, if I remember rightly, yeah. for the NFL Europe. So they yeah they turned up, and we just went okay, let's we'll carry on playing our game and. It was one of those brilliant games where each team would match the other one. If they scored, we scored. If, if they held us, we held them. It was a brilliant game. And the only reason we lost on that one is because we ran out of time. It was just one of those... Oh, I'm worried about what it says. But yeah, so it was one of those ones that we ran out of time and they had scored last. And that's the only reason we lost that one. So it, it was one of those ones, if we could just hold them for one drive, yeah. we, we would have had that one as well. But the, the one I'm, I'm going to do my one-game replay is OFL first year in the first week. And listening back to the media bit, OFL, the OFL guys had said that we were going to lose every single game that year. It was our first ever year, so we were an unknown. And I think we'd stolen quite a lot of the, the North Hans Titans squad, so they weren't best pleased with us at that point. And we... We'd, we turned up and it was the, the first game day and we played the Nottingham Bears and it was 12. Oh boy. It was 12 all. Here we go. You and the Bears. It's always the Bears. We love them. The bears. <laughs> We're going back in time. It's go, gone yeah. all misty eyed. So it was 13 12. And we, so we goes, just scored the touchdown. And this is a recent one. I'm quite happy I with this. It's just a 70 year old quarterback. <laughs> so it was 13 12 and we just scored and it was last play. We're going for the extra point to tie the game. And this is one of the ones I'm sitting there thinking, this is the media stuff we're going to put back out, that we didn't lose every game, we drew one. And the snap comes to me, and I fumbled the snap on the one-point play. And that was the, we lost the game on that one. I remember that. Remember now you one. said I, I didn't. I was thinking that. But yes, sorry, I do remember that. It was one of those games where as soon as the ball, it hit my hand for some reason. The snap was fine. For some reason it hit your hand. <laughs> yeah, the, the best thing about it was afterwards, we're all like, mate, it doesn't matter. Everyone, we all make mistakes. We all thought you absolutely <laughs> wally. Well, you thought that you were you were, you were thinking that in your head. I was thinking that in my head as well. Yeah. I, I, no, you knew it. Yeah. We were just saying nice things to it you. It was one of those we ones were, that... The ball yeah, hits the ground, just and one of them, isn't it? the game finishes. They both were. I was like, I did the handshake and then just walked off. I was like, I don't want to. Can't you remember handshakes when we could do those? <laughs> Back oh, in the good old days. Oh, there's another misty-eyed moment. Yeah. That's where the uh, Katy Perry sharks come in. Handy with the fin shake. Yeah, yeah sorry. We'll, yeah, we'll, no, we'll no, no, it's, it's good. <laughs> yeah, we're sorry, but we weren't like yeah. you said. A youth would look at you funny. We just saw news yeah, that. Um, Todd Gurney has just been released by the LA Rams. 
just been released now. Literally. Signed by the, uh, the commentary pistons. Oh, someone, someone will sign him. I think, I think the commentary pistons will be signing yeah. him up ready for OFL. In fact, he could sign for anyone. He's not going to play, is he, Paul? <laughs> it could That's be quite a long, long closely. But yeah, Bucking two years maybe. after an extension. And bang, God. Bucks, maybe. Someone will have him, yeah. So looking at players on, on team sheets, mm. you're making an all-star team. We'll, we'll go for, throughout history. He's which player would you put on your team sheet first? You, you want me to go first? Yeah, go on, because you haven't yet. I, I'm going to say, and this is quite, quite family orientated. I will say Luke Gambrell. God, I was going <laughs> to... I mean, last season when we played, it, he was our top point scorer. He played centre, which is normally our top point scorer anyway. Mm-hmm. But he's one of those players that he wouldn't have a route. He, he would come up with all... He came up with all the plays in his head, which was a brilliant thing to... I mean, I... I struggled with it coming up with plays on the go you could just stop and struggle but yeah, yeah. yeah. but basically I, I would just listen to his, I, I wouldn't I'd listen to his plays of what well, sort of listen <laughs> sort of see what happens at the end but he never gave himself a route he would always be a case of this person's doing that and I'm like what's your route and like, I don't know yet and he would go to centre and every now and again he'd just turn around and go I'm going to do this and you pretty much knew if he called at that point he was going to be open and it would be a, a a five-yard pass, which I absolutely loved, and then just watch him run 60 yards. We may only gain 10 because he's gone from sideline to sideline and bounced <laughs> off every single person. Yeah. But you know, he was always be open. So he was one of those ones that you give him the ball and that's it, he's gone. So yeah, for a, a playmaker side, that's what I'd go for. Okay. Um, I'm go with you now. But we had to, well, we were going to go to question about Hall of Fame, but we cutting out our Hall of Fame question. Of... The Hall of Fame question will be coming up. That's later on. Okay. Yep. So in terms of First name I'll put on a team sheet, I'd have to say Nathan Colts. Just the athleticism, the height that you'd want from a receiver, the hunger for the ball, the technique is also there as well as the athleticism. He's just a complete receiver and he's just the kind of guy where if I was to be at QB in that team, you'd want a guy where you could just look to him and go, screw it, he'll be open over, you know, you just throw the ball blindly and you know that he'll make a play on it. I think, and I think Nathan Cole is probably the best at that. The best at competing for a ball, the best at you know catching the ball as a whole, the best at getting open. Just he is an absolute complete receiver. I think added to that bit also his attitude to the sport. Oh yeah, he's the nicest guy going. He's the nicest guy on the no, field no, every right. time. The, the will to I've seen him from when he couldn't catch a ball, and he'll he'll tell you that from when he first started. And look at him now. It's, it's one of those ones that you know he'll he'll drop the ball. Yeah. Well, yeah, you'll be like 15 points down, but he's still on the sideline going, yep. we can win this one, yeah. it's all going to be fine, and he's, and he's, he's a very, very positive person. To, like improve his game to, to be the best. It's, you know, I've, I've shared a dressing room with him, I've shared, uh, we went to baseball That's together. Like, <laughs> I know, I'm kind of stalled on that. Imagine how intimidating that is, sharing the change room, Nathan Coles. There's no shame in loving the big Coles, man, but... But no, you're right. I mean, that's a really good uh, name. It's a shame because we're all a bit close in players we've played with, isn't it, and stuff. And there's not much around the country from that. Yeah, just, that's yeah, cool. that pretty much sums up really yeah, as a whole. Yeah, Nathan Coles is definitely the first person I'd want as a wide receiver in my team. Part who are you going oh, for? Oh, especially the quarterback. Me, um, Natalie Parker. Some Ooh, of you won't know her. She's she's actually quarterback for Birmingham Lions. 
ladies now, I think, or certainly back up. She, she's definitely she, playing she with Lions. I think, I think she's playing for a few different positions um, on that one at the moment. Uh, for me, Natalie, Natalie um, I've, I've always said it, Andrew will, will tell you this, even going back to the EWP days and, and when we, we started uh, Big Ball with the girls, and she was um, with me at the Jets when we had that run to the finals. She was with us for a couple of years. She plays every position. She does everything and anything you ask of her. She wasn't always the most talented person on the field, which doesn't always matter. And the thing was, I always would want her on the field because if something was needed to be done or something went wrong, she'd be the one who saved you if, if anyone could. You know, just one of those people, it's never, she's never gonna let it fail. And there was one I remember when the ladies were doing the GB stuff and in the very early days and, and she was trying to get into the team and stuff and they played a bit of a scrimmage towards the end of one of the days of training and uh, assessments and stuff and somebody just did that they broke through on goal there was no need for her to, to even do it and next thing you know she slid through wrecked her knees and her legs doing it to take the tackle on like the one yard line and that just summed her up for me is that just heart and battle and, and will do anything playing it. And she's actually quite a decent quarterback. And we, we had her once again against the Rebels, funny enough, but we played half a game again with her quarterback and, and we were right in it at half time with, with Matt at quarterback. And she just does what she's got to do to win. So there you go. That's a pretty damn good answer. I don't even know her, but she sounds like she was the head of a player. She was. I mean, she I, 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 I've seen her play and yeah. it was... It was one of those ones that when I, I started going to the Jets as a quarterback, she was there as well. And she was way better than you. Mate. She was, and that's that was the best thing. You always want that competition yeah. as well there. And she was she would definitely push her. And it, but she's also one of those people that would help you improve yourself. So if you did something wrong, she may make a few comments about how where like 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 Pod would. That's in. how we teach them in the gym. Yeah, and then, but then she goes, yeah, but if you do this next yeah. time, yeah. you'll be fine. Yeah. And I, I've seen her do it with a few of the, the women's teams as well. So it's next question. Yeah. It's a shame we were just a little bit Midlands there because there's plenty of amazing the, I mean, players. There's great players around, around the entire yeah. league. So, yeah, yeah it's a shame we True couldn't guys in the south, yeah. couldn't Guys in the South probably say yeah. Vince, you know, guys yeah, in the North yeah, would probably exactly. say... I don't know how many of them players. Oh, there's Spanswick, there's, there's some of the older players, isn't there, back in the day, and the wooden players, and um, I won't spoil it too much because I've got. I was say, it feels bad. I feel, I feel like, yeah, I should like, it's, I'm not sort of insulting the Northern players. I just. No, it's because we have side of, yeah, yeah, it's got to be part of the country. You don't really see many of the Scottish teams. It's like, many Scottish teams. Yeah. I think we've, me and Pod have talked about this before, where the league is very much localised now. Yeah. You, you play, like, so you look at Coventry, there's four teams in the local area. And then you go slightly further out, you've got another three. But sounding sounding old like Pod, it's back in the good old days when Flag was, you, know, you would you would travel to Chichester and Woodham, and you would you knew that you know, six o'clock in the morning you'd be heading out, stopping off at McDonald's on the way and playing a few games, and then getting back at like nine o'clock at night. And but you travel all around the UK to play these teams. Now you you see the same teams week in and week out, and I think that's why. OFL has got a slight bonus on this one where they draw 10 teams in. Instead of going, right, you've got six divisions spread around your area, you've got one. So you've got the OFL South and the OFL North. So oh, yeah, yeah, very, it's very true. And that's where the New Older, if the, this, this changes and blows them, they're hoping to have another tournament. And those were good in their day, weren't they? Where you would see 30 teams from 
kind of everywhere, wouldn't you, in scratch teams, and you did get to see some players. You're right, that, that's long gone, for, for good reason. But it, yeah, it's, it's a good thing that you know, the sport has expanded and brought in so many new teams, but you lose that bit of, you only see other teams in like finals days, which if you don't make the finals, you're not going to see these other teams. Connie, you mentioned it a minute ago. One of the yeah. questions we have got today is if there was a flag football Hall of Fame, who would you put in there as your first nomination? You brought up, Connie, you yeah. can go first. Jordan Mele. No, I'm joking. Me or Roman. This is the Roman boys. I'll probably, I'll probably say, and this is probably a name that probably hasn't been around flag for quite a while since he went to Samuel Steelers, Tristan Barney. Uh, he was okay, part of the yeah. Birmingham Lions team. He was a starting quarterback for that Birmingham Lions team that probably won, I think it was about two or three national championships before the London Rebels start to catch up. They were, I've, I don't mind being one or two. I've known. Yeah, they, he they, was, they went unbeaten, didn't they? You're they right. went unbeaten. They were just. And, and yeah, but they were unbelievable. Yeah, but I know excited to show up. And, but yeah, he was Good an job. absolutely amazing quarterback. I believe he started off in contact, injured his knee, went over to flag and just. He just ran the show, really. He took over, and now I believe he is. From what I last heard, I think he's at Samuel Steelers. Don't know if he's still there now, but yeah, he definitely first. Based on, we talk about glory, and he's pretty much done it all. His passing record, his touchdown record, his you know his championships. It just all rings out. First ballot Hall of Famer, if we were to make one. So, Pod, we'll go for you on the next one then. Hall of Fame first entry. Um, I think give some deference to, to Andrew Gambrell for a lot of what he's done because um, he's been my close second I think but Neil Arnold the the uh, still going strong quarterback for uh, Kilcuddy Bulls um, if you know again you won't know much of this Connor yeah I've got, I've got his picture up here and everything no, you're Facebook stalking him literally as we speak hey Neil I've, I've played with Neil I've played with, with the, the Bulls as they were in, in Big Bowl and so I've seen it firsthand as well. The guy's just got this, again, he's got this presence, he's got this knowledge of the game. And you've got to go back again. You you won't know it so much, Connor, but back in the day, Kilcoyne, they basically went 110 games unbeaten, was it? Or did they lose one game in it? They never lost. So that time when we talked about I'm the Jets losing to them and the Jets, all these kitty players, the reason they did that was because they, they thought that, you know, they were that good a team that they needed something like that. I and mean, as it turns out, probably be better off playing the normal players and stuff as it was. But this this team, and, and obviously there's some amazing players on that team. And they're all like you and me, they're just normal guys. Neil's got this drive and this will. And again, he plays safety as well, which is often what quarterbacks do, isn't it? Because you can read the game really well from both sides. But for me, Neil Arnold, you know, he's the, the, the leader and the quarterback of that dynasty team that is not matched now. The closest we got was Button Hookers and, and Birmingham, as you quite rightly said, and Tristan has, has happened, but they've both kind of, Button Hookers not so much, but they've both faded or both not been as dominant. And you know, this Kilcannon team, everyone, you know yourself, yeah, everyone wanted to beat them, they couldn't do it. It's Every one of those time. names that you always saw going to the finals at that point. I think it is 110 because I can just see the. Oh, yeah, they don't. Yeah. As his profile picture would be 110 now. I don't think that's like his like, speed record. Yeah. <laughs> but there you go, yeah. And, and he's, he's a great bloke as well. You know, he also played, he played Big Bowl. You've, you've met him, I think, at Big Bowl as well. And he's got the playbook tattooed on his on his arm, which I always found quite funny. And, 
again in the huddle, and you don't mess with him, and he tells you, and he's a bit like you said about Tristan and, and some of these, like Luke as well, where he can he just tells you there's, there's basic plays, there are very few plays, and then he calls an audible at the line, and you just know that what he's told you to run, if you run it right, you've got a good chance of being open, and if you're open, you'll, you'll get the ball. Uh, amazing player, and, and he's still going there. Still going strong. Wow, amazing. I, I wow. want to go for another Neil. I'm going to go Neil Henderson. Okay. Yeah, that's a good I, I think it's from playing against him from like I think I was a, a junior, and he was one of the senior quarterbacks for the, for the Sharks. Okay, he's still there now. He's still going, isn't he? It, it, but he, it's not just his on-field stuff. I mean, as we said before, you blitz him and he'll just stand there and smile at you, and then move and he's gone. It's also the fact that he helps build Baffer flag. So he, he was there when we were the English Senior Flag League, which is going back God knows how many years. He would he helped build that one, and then Baffer came in and went, we want to add flag to our system, and, and he was there. He was the leader of that one. And you, you, know, you would always see him. If you, if you had a question about rules, straight away you went to Neil and you would define the entire rule book and explain what was going on. So, yeah, on-field stuff, he has done very well. But off-field, he basically helped build what we've got today, in my mind. I mean, I think he's got now coaching one of the junior systems as well, so he's going to be helping them out a hell of a lot as well. I think it's the South Coast Spitfires. It's a really good chat. It's a really, really good chat because, again, you're right. He's just been freaking Connie You haven't been around those formative years, but you'd have seen him. Oh, yeah, I've seen him. Yeah. And, and they're, they're kind of, I, I listened to one of Andrew's podcasts and they talked about, I think Nick likes their, their uniform and that's the thing, you, they're quite distinctive, the Chichis, they've always been around, they've got um, a good banter with themselves and stuff, and Neil's, you know, if, if he's forgotten it, then it ain't worth remembering, isn't it? So no, it's a really good shout. So we've looked at history. Yeah. <clears throat> Let's move, going into the future. If we ever get flag football back, <laughs> Should we do a three-tier league in Baffa? Uh, which one yeah. of you wants to go first? Well, we, we don't we care because yeah. we're going to be OFL because we want to have fun. <laughs> and he wants swag. You wanted so, prestige a minute ago. That's what you were going for. I did when I was younger. <laughs> but uh, now I, I'm, I'm not stupid enough to think I can compete with some of these, these uh, prestigious people. But, so no, I'll, I'll, I'll jump in first with this one. So you'd... What is what you could do in my mind is have smaller leagues, smaller divisions. So your top, I think there's like six teams at the moment in the Premiership. The top four stay in the Premiership. So the bottom two become Division One, and then the top two of Division One, as it is now, would become Division One, and then the bottom four of Division One would become Division Two. So yes, it's only uh, a, a four team, okay. four teams. But you, the difference in um, ability would be the big one. I mean, I don't know if you've ever spoken to the Cougars about Premiership and Division One. Yeah. What about the travel or the 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 ability? Yeah. Oh, what do you mean, like in the gaps in ability? Or yeah. Like if the... you look at the Cougars last season, mm-hmm. they won every single game. Yeah, they won. Yeah, they won our division. They. You look at them the season before they were Premiership. Oh, they lost rough times. They lost nearly. Yeah. They lost nearly every yeah. single one. Yeah. But then they come down and they absolutely destroyed every team this last season. Mm-hmm. Now they've got a Premiership team again. I think they've said they're going to go all out and try and win it. I think it's more about a survival thing because you've now gone from playing, and this is no offence to any teams that I'm going to mention. You've got the 
the Panthers, <laughs> the Pistons, the Raccoons, the Huntsmen. All decent squads, but compared to teams like the Cardiff Hurricanes. Yeah, yeah I go with you. Yeah, yeah, the yeah, Aylesbury yeah. Spartans, yeah. Bedford Blackhawks and things like that. You know, it's a different league, obviously, because it's yeah. a premiership, but it's the gap's too big, in, in my mind. I mean, Pod, you've played against some of the, the big ball teams when they take all their squads over. Oh, and crazy. You play some of the English teams. So, like, you got, like, like we said before, the button hookers. Yeah, teams in our division, in Division 1, as it is now, would get absolutely destroyed by them. OK, so do you think you could have a three-tier system when you now have the competition of the greatest 5v5 flag league that in Northampton that was founded in 2016. Do you think you could have that, or 2015, wherever it is, do you think you could have enough teams, essentially, to be, for example, Pistons, OFL, not Baffer, Panthers, OFL, not Baffer, those are two teams already there that, you know, Baffer are missing out on. Do you, basically what I'm saying is, do you think there are enough teams now, or even in the future, to justify free tier free tier system? This, this is what the, the main issue they'd have, I think, because a lot of new teams have joined this season, but then a lot of teams have folded this season. Mm-hmm. So you look at, I think, I think it's now officially been announced that the Huntsmen have pulled out of bat for this season. Really? In the Senior League. Did the Bliss okay. with five come through in the end, or are they still, still waiting for them? It's uh, uh, pending approval. Oh, okay. Yeah, so there's another team. That's... But I think the yeah. Pistons and the Panthers... Is it because they don't want to play OFL? I mean, they don't want to play BAFA, or is it because, because they're, they're in a way they're two new teams? So the Pistons are obviously a new team. Mm-hmm. Yeah, stretch. You've got to go through your your registration process, your whatever it was where you have to play so many games pre-season. Yeah, well, Panthers. Neptune's have, already that. Neptune's are pretty much a good example of a team that are currently trying to go through that. Yeah. And I think they're in Baffa this season. I think they are. I think they once, like the Pistons were close to getting to that stage, but I think there was a few admin issues on whatever side it was. Panthers tried to sort of get to that point where we could say, can we enter Baffa? I think once again, communication fell flat from Baffa's side, I believe. But I mean, that was that's during the time where they have been able to this competition. They've never had competition like the Outdoor Flag League. You know, who are, they're taking teams away from Baffa, but... You know, you can't make people play in Baffa, you know. If, if people want to go to Outlaw because they prefer the changes or they prefer the neutral venue, that's a team that's taken away from Baffa for whatever reason. They're not in Baffa anymore. They're not in their system. They are not a team that can play in a free-tier, you know, league. It's But like you said, though, it's, it's because of admin issues that the reason that these the Pistons and the Panthers aren't in Baffa. If there was no admin issues there, this this isn't a slight against Baffer admin stuff. No, so no, please no, don't no. sue me for that one. <laughs> it's just it's just how how it, how it happened. Was, but yeah. you think next year that you'll obviously be more, a bit more organised, both sides, and going. We want to put this in. You will join. So um, you look at the division we had last season. Yeah. Um, okay. We had the Panthers, the Cougars, the Raccoons, the Huntsmen, Lincoln, and there was one other team I can't remember. Um, Somewhere around here. I don't know what you mean. That was a fairly local league. Hey. <laughs> so that, that was a fairly local league. But then if you had that sort of set, the same sort of thing separated into three, I think a lot of new teams would come in. Like you reckon more teams would be incentivized to start up? You reckon more people might say, oh, I might make a team to play in Baffle? Or do you because, think that... Yeah, because if you're one of those teams that comes in and gets destroyed 
look at like the Titans when they moved up. They, they knew that some of their team was going to get absolutely hammered because they had to go and play Premiership. And that's why they folded because they wanted that. They didn't want to they jump want into the Premiership. That's what it. you'd have. So you'd have okay. the, the more established teams would be Division 1. So things like the Raccoons and the Panthers, I think, would be Division 1 teams. Okay. Some of the newer teams, as you're coming in, you go, right, this is Division 2. Okay. You don't have... It's going to be a, a lesser game, in a way, but you still have that, okay, you learn the sport. Then you go into the, we're going to try and push for something. Okay, so everything you said there about teams, you know, just coming in, having that opportunity to, you know, seize themselves in, what's stopping them from doing that uh, outlook? That's the thing. Now, these... Have you been paid by Jordan this week? <laughs> yeah, it looks like it. <laughs> might, it might me. What I'm trying to say is that <laughs> I think that you can't really run a three-tiered system thinking, oh, more teams will show up. Because now Baffer, for the first time, I've got real competition in terms oh, of definitely. I mean, team competitiveness. So I think more league competitiveness, you know, the, the Outlaw Flag League has got a lot of teams in it, some that aren't even in BAFA. And would teams, if they were to come up from scratch, why would they go to BAFA as opposed to Outlaw? Maybe if you're a team up in Scotland, that might make sense because, you know, Northampton's a long way away. Yeah. But, you know, there are quite a few teams that because the BAFA schedule and the Outlaw schedule are quite... They're essentially on the same weekend sometimes, aren't they? But they were scheduled I, to be. I, I don't with, think they. I don't think there's the any current, clashes. With the current, no clashes, but they're close together. That, I think as, it's as almost of like a, a few weeks ago before. It's almost one of those ones where you, you play one week of Baffa, then the next week you're an OFL, then the next week you're back in Baffa. Because it overlaps, and you can't really, you can't do it, can you? I don't agree with three zero. Just don't think it would work. I just don't think they'll ever get the teams to it because now they've got a three game season. Well, if you're one of those ones where you play each other twice. Nine times. Well, if you look at the Baffa season this year, when I think the Northern Division 1 is 15 teams, you play each other once and that's it. In Outlaw? No, in Baffa. In Baffa, 15 teams in one division? Yes. Yeah. God, yeah. they've really got them. They've really changed it around from when, I, well, from when we were. So if you look at that one, they've got 15 teams in one division. You play each other once. In my mind, it's not the best way to do it. Because you don't get the rivalry games. No, you don't. You but don't get the, you know, we lost you in the first first game, we're going to beat you in the second, or the other way around. And then you look at the Baffa South Division 1, which was like SEA last season, and SEB. I think they're nine teams. Okay, so nine games, so if you're saying there's going to be a nine-game season, that's only going to be three game weeks, maybe. I mean, I know that there's only really three game weeks or so in Outlaw, but that's going to be expanded because of the increase in teams. I just don't see in the foreseeable future enough teams will go to Baffa and commit and still be able to have enough to make a free tier system. Is it funny how Pod, when, we, when we're in his basement, he just does whatever the hell he wants? He always just seems to wander off and start his own little phone calls. Up. He may have a cup of tea, which is nice. He's now got a bin bag. Oh, he's, taking the, he's taking the rubbish out he's, now. He's just got a bin bag full of... Who's that? There's some red stuff dripping out the bottom of that bin bag. I'm not too sure what that is. Yeah. Is that that Wilding guy? <laughs> <laughs> So Stephen Wilding hasn't posted for a day or two. <laughs> Next thing you know, Pod's dragging a, bu- a bag outside. You know, may- maybe Pod found him. I think, yeah, this is... Pod made a delivery Pod. to his house. Pod, was that Stephen Wilding in that bin bag? Yeah, <laughs> I just took him out. <laughs> took him out to the woodshed. <laughs> there, there we go, Jordan, that one's sold now. 
But going, going back oh, to the, the three-tier one, it's yeah, one of those yeah. ones that ideally okay. it would be very, very good to have a three-tier system because you don't have that, that jump. And that, that's the main issue. Speaking to the Cougars about it, there is a massive jump. There's always another bag. You've got two more bin bags. <laughs> I, I apologise for this. I mean, once again, Pod has just wandered off to do the housework. So Stephen Walden in one, who's in the other two? <laughs> Maybe Stephen's a big guy. It's three bags. But yeah, so trying to look at the, the future of it, the, the jump in my mind is too big between Premiership and Division 1, and that's where they're going. every team is going to struggle. And you look back, look back at how we've gone from, I think, if you look back at the old league, it was like five teams in the division, mm-hmm. as in five teams across the UK made up the Baffa Premier League, and that was it. Now you've gone to, there's what, like 60 teams? Yeah, if it is, it, if it is, it is, that's still that's quite a good number. Which is a brilliant number, and that's where you're sitting there going, should you go to more divisions? The only issue that I think a lot of teams would find would be travel. I mean, people, aren't teams finding that an issue this year? We've, I've yeah, heard so, of a lot of travel issues already this year. So if you have the issue of travel added in, you have to sort of work out where the teams are going to be based, and you can't sort of narrow it down as much. So you know, like teams like Cardiff would be you know, the Welsh Premiership one, but who else would be near them? As, the as Rebels, um, some of the teams down there. I think, we've had this before. I mean, if you're the elite teams, you've kind of got to expect you're going to travel for that, and there's no way around Which it. is why, why you look at it in that way, that the elite teams will go, yes, we have to travel because we're, going to, we're, we're fighting for the Premiership title. The Division 1 teams, or Division 2 teams, where you look at it, don't want to travel. It's and, and, almost I, like what you need is, is like one central venue to pull all the teams together, play a load of games at that point. I think, Mark, to kind of get where we're going to here, whatever Bath think they can do, I think oh, we can do it better. I, I am not going to deny this. I mean, <laughs> I've, I've spoken to... <laughs> like, no doubt do it. I've spoken to Jordan so many times about OFL and the way that he has taken on the sport Okay, he's taken on the whole of Baffa. He's taken on the sport and gone... Spear in hand. Yeah, <laughs> what, what can I do to, to change it, to adapt it, to make it better? And I think that's where Jordan has the, the bonus that he's not set by Baffa rules, which is EFAF, I can't remember which one it is, or EFAF, oh, yeah, which, whichever one is, is it? whichever one it is, he doesn't have to be restricted by their rules. So like we've no. seen before, he's just gone, what happens if you do throw-offs? And it's How was this from the three-tier league thing that was a load of... Well, we've said, well, well, the reason is, is, whilst you were out there carrying Stephen Wilding in three body bags, we were talking about how a three-tier system would possibly work if there wasn't yeah, another yeah. league that is essentially yeah. luring yeah, teams giving, away. Giving yeah, and it gives you an option. Isn't it what you boys have done, really? You've created yourselves as a developmental... Well, we well, we looked at it. We, yeah. How the Pampers ran through the decision of Baffle RFL was we looked at the pros, we looked at the cons, we put it up in a table, we gave it to all our players, everybody who's involved in our team, and we said, all right, put your vote in. Should we play Baffle or Outlaw? Only two people voted Baffle, and the other 13 voted RFL. Was, it, that, was it a blind vote? <laughs> well, are we allowed to say who voted for Baffle? I, I mean, I, I can't remember who, but all I know is I think it was about two. James could probably verify that. 
That's the point of it being a vote in democracy. They yeah. wanted to make a decision. I know you're not a big fan of democracy, clearly, Marcus, yeah. but yeah. No, I'm, I'm just wondering. I'm glad about how you ran the record. Yeah. It's like a dictatorship. Can you imagine him running on my word? Yeah, exactly right, Kim Jong-un. <laughs> Let, let's not talk about the Wolverines now, shall we? So, <laughs> if you wouldn't get on with it, I think there's only, there's only, uh, there's only you three and people who would actually know about what's going on about. But, yeah, I mean, the, the OFL, even to the summer, has sort of pushed the, the Baffer League to look at it and go, what do we do now? Because OFL was always one of those ones after Baffer. You did Baffer, you played your Baffer, and then you did OFL. Yeah, that's how it was last year. To be fair, they, they did avoid each other, but you give Baffer some fair, fair dues there. They could have kind of been stupid about it, couldn't they? Want to use the word dick, but I'm not supposed to in this. So they could have been dicks about it, but they weren't. They, it was until this all happened, obviously. They, they were one after yeah, the other, weren't they? And the obviously they forced me to choose sometimes, but it was good. It, you know, it would have been lovely to see how it evolved, wouldn't it, over a couple of years and what teams did? Because I think you're right. I think you'd end up with a bit of a OFL, chuck people in there and your new guys and keep your other team as people teams build up to play in the buffer and Midlands Cawthorns. Yeah, yeah. Which is basically yeah. Lincoln who couldn't put a team together, yeah, like committed. Yeah, yeah. And the Cougars. thing is a similar well. thing, isn't it? Do you reckon you could make an OFL GB team that could compete with a Baffer GB team? No. Oh, that would be a very good one, shall No, because all your good players who do come over are already playing Baffer anyway. So, unfortunately for OFL, the really great players are, are also the ones who want to play every week and would be playing in Baffer as well it would it would be a very good game well if you've got to say are they, are they gunslingers in Baffer this year gunslingers are no, OFL no, they're, they're OFL so that's another team itself so if you took say some of that Nathan Colts could be in a GB OFL oh, team and then I'm saying but then you also got really is, is Adam Grimrock still in that gunslingers team Who's on and off his knees yeah but that's another guy you can have in a GB-esque OFL team so I'm saying if you took the guys from Baffer it would probably be GB and the guys from OFL who could be GB Whatever team wins gets the right to go to European Championships. I don't know. Like that's a thought. See, this is where you'd have the only issue I find with that one is someone like um, Shay. Okay. He's playing Pistons OFL. He's playing Raccoons Baffer. Okay. Let's make it to insult the whole league. He's not doing it <laughs> as a player. He's let, doing it so he can get his digs in on, yeah. on everyone. Well, let him, let him make his choice. You know, probably on the I5 horse because that's the international rules of it. But if, if the OFL team were to beat a Baffer GB team, what's to stop them from saying, okay, well, we want to compete in European Championships? It, it would be a good Honestly, game to watch. Baffer, Baffer GB team is never going to lose. It'll be a good game. It'll be a good game, I'm sure. But there's, there's too many people who can't or won't travel to OFL. You know, look at all the Scottish players. Look at all the guys up there who generally aren't coming because it's too far. Um, Half the GB team is made up of. Yeah, but you look know, at guys like uh, was it the Rebels, like Rebel, I uh, know, um, Smoke, and the team that embarrassingly, embarrassingly thought that we might have a chance against us, the Panthers, the, <laughs> the Flash, Smoke and Flash. Yeah, they were. I mean, are they Baffer? Are they OFL? They are Baffer only. But they, Baffer only are they? Yeah, but they, so looking at the the OFL side of this, when you say there's no Scottish OFL, mm-hmm. you've got the OFL North, which okay doesn't go into Scotland. But then you've also got the the Winter Flag League, which is pretty much the the Baffer Scottish League. Yeah, yeah. So you could have that you yeah. could have that bit of Baffer, well, OF, the Scottish Winter League dream team, mm-hmm. the OFL 
All-Stars, the BAFA All-Stars, mm. or GB if you want to go that way. Well, they're the national governing body, kind of. Got so to recognise it as that. So you could have, like, and then the other one you've got is the there's the Welsh League, because obviously they run their own their, their own league. Yeah. So you yeah. could have uh, four different. Yeah, that'd be a great tournament. That'd be a brilliant tournament. We just come up with our own version of yeah, the Home Nations tournament. Yeah, so, yeah we've, got, we've got the four nations. We'll Rudy. Be... <laughs> Northern Ireland's just everything left out, but oh well. I think that the well, one of the Welsh teams, um, Pod's favourite team, yay, the the team from Gwent. Oh, went, they actually the Gwent Stacys. Yeah, they, they went to Ireland recently to play some games. I don't know if they made it back Republic or not. Republic of Northern. Um, it just said. I just remember saying Ireland. This is the only thing I'm. I'm not too sure if it which way they went. Yeah, I don't know where they went. Did they, did they come? Did they Ireland. come back safe? When was this? It's a few months ago now, isn't it? They had a. Yeah, they, it was pre weekend over it, didn't they? It, it was pre lockdown, so they may oh, have made okay. it back. But yeah, so if you had the Welsh League, the, the, the Winter League, the BAFA teams, and the OFL squads, and you basically made four all star squads in a, in a way, because if you did DB, then you'd, have, you'd lose a lot of the, the London teams because of like American nationals and things like that, so I'm not too sure where they'd fit mm-hmm. in. But that, that would be a good one to have. I think it should be a matter of like. Playing for the right to play in European Championships as a national team. You say about the Americans, but would the Americans be eligible to play for the GB team? I don't think so, unless they live here and. So that, that, that's where you lose so someone like the that contingent from your Baffa team, your Baffa All Star squad. So that's why if you said Team GB or Team Baffa, that would be a very very different squad in my mind. I suppose then you would have the same national questions about maybe some of the OFL guys. But this is me, but essentially thinking I OFL at a position where. They could get a national team that could compete in the Europeans based on the players that they have in OFL. That's essentially the question I'm asking. Do they have enough British Team GB talent in that OFL league to say, yeah, we can compete in, say, the European Championships? To the level that the BAFA Team GB can. This, this is one I think that, you know, once we finish this recording, I, I may just message Rudy. <laughs> <laughs> Forget New Ola Bowl 10. <laughs> Let's go, Four Nations. Four um, nations also and have like a, a one-day tournament. Logistically, people, people won't travel outside the Midlands for a game. I, I, yeah, you, you'd have to sort of pick like the, the the middle ground between all four teams, which looking it's at Liverpool our, basically. I was thinking Liverpool as well. I was yeah. thinking in my head Liverpool. That kind of yeah. It is. So yeah, looking at the the um, where, where would it be? Yeah, you could go for that side. So I reckon that could work. When would you host it? I mean, we're in pandemic times, but when would you host it? When's the ideal point within those four leagues that would be a great time to host it? August? Mm, I think that could... The problem you've got is that the, the BAFA and the OFL run at the same time. Okay. And yeah. then I think... There's not enough weekends. Yeah, you, you'd be struggling to find one weekend yeah. where it didn't go well, no, this is because we've just finished or we're about to start our season. <laughs> you probably could argue the amount of British and teams that go to Big Bowl now. You could argue if you... If you OFL, Team Buffer, the Welsh Wonders, <laughs> yeah. and Scotland. the, the Scottish one, that's the one, I can't remember which one was that. So, wait, so you really went for, was it Team Buffer, Welsh Wizards, and you just went for Scottish one? I Is that going to be their team? <laughs> I forgot about <laughs> being xenophobic. I forgot, which, I forgot which league I missed out on that point. Mate, we're supposed to be all in this together, not now you're yeah, just distancing yeah. yourself from the rest of the UK and the world. <laughs> But if those four teams went to, uh, to Big Bowl, 
Uh, it, okay, uh, that'd be cracking, wouldn't it? Ignoring all like the logistics of people saying I'm I'm not paying to go over and and you know anything like that. If you just said these four teams are going there, yeah, it would In be yeah. and then four very 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 good squads that I think would the only the only team that I think would they would all struggle against would be teams like Mass Flag. You know when the Americans oh, come in, yeah, Boston Mass Flag, yeah, yeah. Okay, so what, yeah. different world now. Yeah, well, they've, they've won Big Ball. When I was at Big Ball, they won it. So it's one of those ones yeah. that, you know, I've seen them play. They are an amazing team to watch if you ever get a chance. And it's just, you, you can tell the difference. That's that that's where the American side is like the premiership. Mm. The whole of England is Division One at that point. Yeah, you, yeah. yeah it was a whole other league, well, a whole other world, a whole other playing. They grew up playing it, you know. Yeah, we, that, get, we get introduced to the game maybe in our teens. I mean, that's changing Probably nowadays, but... <laughs> <laughs> Can you remember that far back pod when you yeah, only hit 30? Hey, hey, I'm a hero now. <laughs> and I can get you shopping for you. <laughs> He's going in the early shop now. I can get in that early yeah, shop. Anything that, you want, guys? I just think, an extra tenner. <laughs> I think that covers our tier three question and a little bit more. That yes. Was, so no is the answer. To no, that. we no. shouldn't go to a three-tier <laughs> system, but we should have a but, four nations yeah, yeah, tournament. That's, yeah, I think that's the best yeah. answer. We that's can't sustain a four, uh, three-tier system, but let's get everybody <laughs> playing. Let's go international yeah, instead. The whole of the UK. Yes. So that that's all the questions we've got for today. Um, I will be putting up one of the the votes. I'm not too sure which one. I've got three at the choice at the moment as a Facebook poll to see which one we go for. Um, well, that's if we ever get back, we're, we're allowed Facebook still, aren't we? That's yeah, that's, that's not been shut down for you. No, that's 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 going to be going for a we, while. We can all sit down at home and sit, yeah, well, we've got nothing to do now. Sit I'm, I'm off work now. I don't know about you guys. But sit there and play Madden, and that's about just, it. All yeah, else. but I wish. Yeah, well, you're you're a hero now. I know. It's it's right, right, right. I mean, it goes hero. No, he doesn't want to be one. No, no, he doesn't yeah. want to no, be one. No, no, no. It's hard to do myself. Sit too many. I've, I've already completed Netflix in three days. I have. He's done exciting life, hasn't he? It's it's brilliant. Yeah. It's so thank you all for listening. Um, hopefully we'll be starting up the Baffer season, OFL season soon. We can actually talk about football and not just sit here and talk about the good old days and how we're allowed outside <laughs> at one and point. Outside, yeah, without hazmat suits on. So. Rest, yeah. As I said, thank you all for listening and hopefully we'll all be back soon. That wraps up this episode. Find us on Facebook at First and 15 Podcast. Give us a like to keep up with all of our shows. Also check out our sponsor, Nuola, for all your customised sportswear supplies.